0: you hear the candle burning it smells so good in my room. Hello and welcome back to the seven day boogie It is I your man, your boy the bay of all Bays Jordan the boogeyman Tolford here again with you episode 17 and we've done it. We've done it again and I am testing out a new thing where hopefully, The podcast sounds a little better because I have hung up a series of blankets in a fort formation uh, in order to dampen the sound. So I'm currently in a tiny podcast den in my in my bedroom and this is what we're doing and this is just how we boogie now is we boogie in the dark and we boogie in a den just the light of a single candle under all these heavy blankets and the light of my laptop so this is this is what it is and if i set my fort on fire during the podcast that is content cuz fire is calming so if you hear the Embers of eternity uh, in the in the foreground of this podcast. Then just know that I have ascended to blanket world, and that is that. But thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the podcast. I want to upfront, of course, thank the Knicks. Nick Tulford, who uh, writes the writes and performs that wonderful theme song live for you every week. Uh, it's live. Prove it's not. And uh, I would also like to thank my good good friend, Nick Cox, who does all the designs for this podcast. Um, if you want to follow Nick Cox on Instagram, his Instagram is nmc underscore ds And you can go and see the cool things that he works on. He's a very talented individual and he fucking rules so check him out my brother nick does not have an instagram because he is cooler than you but if he did you would follow it and it would probably be something related to the browns but i am home i am back in chicago last week i was in ohio visiting my parents i hung out with them pretty much the whole week and then at the end of the week I made a made a point to go hang out and spend some time with my childhood best friend, uh, Kevin Payne, and my other childhood best friend, very good best friend, Nathan Larmy. So he we've I've talked about them before. They're the OG skate crew. We were just missing Blair. And we got a session in, got a hardcore session in. If you follow me on Instagram, which you should do, at 7dayboogie on Instagram, the number seven, D-A-Y. B O O G I E follow subscribe rate tell your friends comment have a great time hit me up shoot me a DM tell me why you think I could give a good high five but the skate session when I was at home with Kevin and Nathan was major major sessions went down we hit two skate parks we went to the limits of what is possible within the realm of possibility, and we ripped it up. We just absolutely shredded across town, and I don't know how the skate park and skate scene in Pickerington slash Canal Winchester could ever recover from the ripitude that happened last weekend when me and Nathan and Kevin got together. But like I said last time on the pod, skating with those dudes is such an awesome way to round up my trips home because skating with those dudes is like truly just hanging out, no worries. And it just really makes me feel like I am 13 years old again and just got like a skateboard for Christmas and we're going there to fall down. But always a great time with those dudes. Love those dudes. And I will be back in Ohio soon. Nathan Larmey of course being the host of the wonderful Okay But Why podcast available everywhere now follow Nathan on Instagram as well nathan.ornate O-R-N-A-T-E on Instagram and check out my episode of his podcast which aired, I believe, two weeks ago now. So I was on that podcast and we talked about all the goofy, dumb shit we used to do when we were little kids and we had a blast on that. Then we went skating. That was such a good way to round up the trip home, like I said. Another way I rounded up the trip home, so I stayed with Kevin. Once I left my parents' house, Kevin was fortunate enough to give me a, a couch to sleep on and he fed me because he's a wonderful friend, and we also were able to watch the UFC fights. Not only do I love the purest form of entertainment in the world professional wrestling, but I also dabble on the more entertainment side of things and I watch UFC as well. So I watched the UFC fights, I'm a big A fan. For those of you that watch or anything like that, basically there were a couple fights that I was super excited for. Got to watch the UFC fights, unexpected fight of the night for me. Personally, if you watch the UFC fights, you might be kind of surprised to hear me say this, but fight of the night for me actually occurred after the fights were over. And it was something that occurred in my life personally over the, uh, on that evening that I will bring with me everywhere I go for the rest of my life. And you might be concerned going into this story, and you should be, because this was one of the, one of the, um, a, a formative moment in my life that happened to me while I was staying at Kevin's. So, after the fights, you know, the fights ended late. We we, we are, uh, you know, rounding up the night, hanging out on his, in, his, in his living room, just kinda clicking around on the TV. It's about 2.30, three o'clock in the morning. Like I said, fights go pretty late. I fall asleep on the couch, as I'm known to do, you know, just can't put me horizontal without me going to uh, Zabumafu or Zabu land within like moments. So I fall asleep and I am asleep for probably an hour. Don't know what Kevin's up to, you know, (laughs) who does? Can't keep up with that kid. So I wake up to the sound of screams and, um, like a shattering. Not a shattering, but like a ruckus. There was a... A um, rattling, a crash, if you will. And as I awaken into like full battle mode, ready to see like that some sort of like apocalyptic beast has broken into Kevin's apartment, I was right, but not in the sense that I thought I was. Uh, Kevin is screaming, Holy shit, there's a fucking bat in here. And true enough, as he's screaming that and running out of his apartment, He's going, Jordan, Jordan, we gotta get out of here. There's a fucking bat in here. I wake up to see none other than Dracul himself flying around Kevin's apartment. And this was not, no bat is okay to be inside without being uh, offered an entrance, but I shit you not, this bat was the size of like a Birkenstock it was not your average what is average not your typical I don't know tiny fucking bat this was like serious bat business right like this was no joke this bat was looking for a home and he tried to find one so this Birkenstock of the night, this nightmare Burke, is flying around Kevin's apartment. We run outside, keep the door open, hoping this bat would like follow us, you know, being meaty, juicy, tenderloins that we are. Maybe we could coax this thing outside to try to bite my rump as I'm running away. We run outside. We are outside in the parking lot. Kevin is having a full blown, like, we have to burn my apartment down moment. I am at this point laughing really hard. Um, both, like, out of that, like, nervous, holy shit part of that, that I woke up with a creature of the night flying above my head, like, ebbing and flowing through the, the space of my best friend's apartment. And I run outside, the doors open, and we're just out there, like, what the fuck are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? How are we, like, we can't, I can put the seats in the back of my car down, and we could, like, you know sleep in my car i could sleep in the front seat and kevin can have the back we could the option that i didn't want to pursue was go in there and get the thing out of there because i don't want to mess with wildlife i'll say that it's um mostly fear but also like i would be mortified If I like caught this thing in a pan and then one of its little wings poked out at me and I just instinctively like touchdown danced this fucking bat into the ground, I would hate to do that just out of fear and like muscle reaction. But I, we are standing outside and we're like, what are we going to do? We have no plan. So I like peek in there to see or like ask the bat to nicely leave like, hey man, I didn't know if you caught the the, what the group was doing but we're heading outside party's out here now bud so come on out I look in there and don't see the bat flying and that is when the like I'm gonna have to catch this thing sits in so I'm like okay we blew it should have taken advantage of the fact that it was flying and like run it outside with us somehow don't know how and we've blown it it is now crawling through your socks and we're gonna have to like make sure this dude doesn't think he's got a timeshare in Kevin's apartment now. So I like peek back in and I'm like, shit, Kevin, it's not in here, dude. Like it, or it's not flying. We're going to have to go in and check it out. I thought it might've flown into like my duffel bag anywhere where it's not supposed to be. Maybe it was eating some Oreos regardless. It, as soon as I walk back in to start to like look for it, it, flies so close to my head that I immediately throw my arms up like I'm on the Millennium Falcon at Cedar Point and that's not a ride it's a spaceship but fear I had in that moment was second only to the fear I had in my waking bat fear moment so I run back outside but this time the bat fucking followed me and the bat flies across out of Kevin's door and hits his neighbor's door dead smack sticks there for about 10 seconds Kevin and I take one deep breath of relief and the bat flies right the fuck back into the house uh, into Kevin's apartment and the scream of pure despair and honest loss of faith and like, self-security that I heard from Kevin was like, you're trying to leave the island in Jurassic Park and the T-Rex bites the fucking helicopter, right? So Kevin screams so much, but then 20 seconds after that, the bat realizes there's a portal to the outside world and it it flies out past me and into the night forever and Kevin and I run back into the apartment close the door and just have hyperventilating gasping laughs for like the next half hour before I I fall asleep it's now like 4 o'clock in the morning I got like 3 hours of sleep before I drove home but I could have stayed awake for 6 weeks uh, because my heart was pumping so much and that was an absolutely insane experience but we survived it and the biggest lesson here's the thing There's so many questions, but there's also answers, right? Kevin is a true best friend. He woke me up in that situation. A bat was flying around his, oh, the crash. Also, mystery solved on what the crash was. I asked Kevin when we go back inside, hey dude, what was that crash? Like I heard a crazy smash when I woke up, or like that woke me up, like what was that? Kevin goes, oh, I was cleaning up the apartment before I went to bed, and I picked up a bowl of Doritos we had not finished, and when I picked it up, I, like the bat flew by me, and out of fear, he threw the f- bowl of Doritos at the bat. So, immediate distractionary tactic by Kevin. He went into survival mode, threw the Doritos at the bat, uh, missed completely. I, I am just positive, but also... Kevin was a true friend and he could have sacrificed me. He could have looked and said, look, Jordan, thank you for coming over. This is perfect timing because you are now this bat's meal so that I can hightail it and run like to the coast as as fast as I can. Kevin's got fast feet, but Kevin didn't do that. You know, Kevin's a real friend. Kevin is the winner of the podcast this week because he screamed my name and he got me out of there, you know? he got me out of there. He he screamed. He didn't he could have sacrificed me, but he didn't. And I mean that. And Kevin is a real friend, which is a absolutely rock-solid transition because this week's shutter shout out deals with an imaginary friend, but could also be real. You know, this you know, this this week's shutter shout out was watched uh, by my beautiful intelligent girlfriend and I when I came back from Ohio. Uh, and this week's shutter shout out two-parter The first part is Z. This is an imaginary friend horror movie. This is some different shit. Okay, it's not just like we moved into a house and housey's bad. This is like 1 800 sell your child type of movie. Creepy kid times 1 million in this movie. So this kid has an imaginary friend who he keeps referring to as Z. Also, but I want you to watch this movie. There are some things I'm gonna take away from this movie that I would not do in my personal life if I was in a similar situation, right? So Z, an imaginary friend horror movie that was really good, okay, to start talking about Z, and one of the things that I would not take into my life is that when the parents are entertaining the imaginary friend like not really playing into it the dad doesn't care Uh, this is a loveless family in this in this movie Um, the mom is like really pessimistic about it and like doesn't really want to acknowledge her son has an imagination and then the father like doesn't really care and like doesn't ever really discipline the kid, and the kid, I guess, has been like punching kids in the face at school. Like this is a full-on mess of a family, right? This kid starts talking about this imaginary friend named Z. A bunch of horrifying 1-800 sell your child things happens, and I'm not gonna tell you at the end. There was one scene in this that. Made um, my beautiful, intelligent girlfriend and I pause the movie and just take like 10 deep breaths, flip the lights on and we kept the rest of the movie with the lights on. But while the parents are entertaining this child, they're giving the imaginary friend full meals throughout the whole movie, like breakfast, lunch and dinner. There is a full plate next to their kid that no one eats it's not like a second helping that the kid's like, okay, I'll eat this because I like I really know that Z's not gonna really eat that. No, they just waste food, and in a time like this, you can't be wasted. They like make a good ass looking rigatoni at one point, and they scoop Z a big full helping of rigatoni and give him like three fucking pieces of garlic bread, and I say bullshit on that because I want that garlic bread. And it was probably plastic movie prop garlic bread but i want it and that hurt me the dad tried to eat it and the dad wasn't allowed to The dad was trying to like be like you think z's gonna mind if i grab a piece of his garlic bread and the mom was like don't do that and completely shot him down so this movie is good it showed me also that i'm seeing a trend in these horror movies a little bit too that is like um how do i say uh, bad things mostly happen to loveless families this family hates each other openly and then horrible things happen to them. So, uh, love your family, love those people around you, involve yourself in people's lives, be kind, you know, be understanding, give everyone a space at the table, except for a fucking imaginary friend, to be honest, cause don't, they can have a, they can have a space, they can't have a plate of rigatoni, but give everyone a space at the table, give everyone a plate of rigatoni and just be nice and nothing will happen. The bat left peacefully, because Kevin passed the friendship test put forth by the Dark Lord. The, there's, the parallels here are, there's one, but there's, it's not a parallel either, but the bat was our test. The bat was my plated rigatoni to deal with, and Kevin, because he cares about me so much and didn't want me to get eaten by a bat, um, he ran out, screamed my name, ensured that I got out of there safely. He did run out first. Um, so if I if the bat wanted to attack someone, it was going to attack me. But I deserve that. But. Kevin passed the friendship test, and that is why we. But he and I both successfully defeated the the horrors of the night. Um, can't really say the same about the family in this movie. But I'm not going to spoil anything else. I'm going to move right along to my second Shutter shout out of the week, which is it was is a shorter one. That's why I'm throwing it in there. It's a short. It's an hour long. It's on Shutter. It's a Shutter original, and it is called Host, not the host which is also a wonderful horror movie. Um, This is called Host, which is like a Zoom call, topical. It's like an hour-long Zoom call. It's really new. They referenced the quarantine and everything in this, and uh, it was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. My beautiful girlfriend and I, uh, who is also intelligent, we watched it together. It's about 57 minutes long. It's on shutter. It's called Host. It is a Zoom call nightmare scenario, so like, this friends group has a zoom call seance right and they're like but then all the connect there's all the spooky connection issues and it's awesome it's a fun hour long little jump scare session Uh, and it's brand new it just came out not too long ago and I would highly recommend it again not gonna spoil a bunch of stuff these are just shout outs I'm just gonna give you a graze you know general information it's just a shout out and then we move on And you know what we're moving on to. More of a deeper dive. What are we looking at? It's the shut-in shout-out. We're on Dark, Season 1, Episode 4. That's what's up. This episode is called Double Lives. And boy, is that a very correct way to talk about this episode and the whole town of Wyndon. The darkest town that's ever been in. And it is... Unreal. This episode is really starting to crack some shit open. Let's get right into it. Episode 4, Double Lives. We open up with more readings from the I'm guessing the like time book right the eternal time book we've got black holes are the hell mouths of the apocalypse which is the most fucking Ronnie James Dio lyric shit I've ever heard Uh, we see some kind of cool door and like a bunch of old documents with symbols and shit on them and say sick mundus and a bunch of weird other stuff and like this um, and we find out that hooded man who we may find out the name of later has a crazy huge back tattoo of all this like scripture and these symbols and this trinity symbol and it's all crazy right they're talking about how the past is told by the future and the 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 pre intro intro is pretty ominous in this one it's the the cold opens to this show are getting creepier and creepier also i must say one thing that i've noticed about this show is the soundtrack and the soundtrack is good, but the songs are all terrifying and they're all just breaths. Um every so- I again I'm I'm watching the show with headphones on. I highly recommend it. It gives you a, like a deeper sound profile to listen to. Makes you kind of sound like you're walking through the areas with the people. Makes it creepier. But again, all of the songs in this show are basically just like be scared right now. And that... They're good. They're good. They're better than that. But it's all, like, Enya. If Enya, like, was the devil. Devil Enya. And it's like... Yeah, they're horrifying. Really good atmospheric, like, songs. I don't know how to really explain it, but it, they're creepy as shit. That's how I'm going to explain it. Uh, there's new things happening in the intro. Also, the intro is changing a little bit, so I can't skip it, which I sometimes do with shows. I'm just going to be honest. I don't always watch that intro sequence, but they're like crazy things are developed in this show. We find out that Francesca's parents sleep in separate rooms. There is like, a little bit of infidelity going on there uh, with Francesca's father. We meet Francesca's little sister, Ellie, who is deaf and speaks in sign language. Ellie thinks that Mikkel is a jerk, which is weird. Like we're starting to kind of see not just like what's happening, but the way that people think about what's happening. So we're just kind of, again, like glazing through the town. We, we focus on Charlotte and her husband in the beginning of this showing Francesca kind of being just kind of fed up with her parents and the whole situation. Ellie, the, the young sister um, thinks, says that she thinks Mikkel is a jerk and a show off which is odd, keeps going around the town, just kind of odd things are happening, you know, Mikkel is still missing, everyone's freaking out about that, Charlotte is taking Ellie to school, and she stops by one of the roads that leads to the power plant on the outskirts of town, and she sees, like, a wilderness camera, and she just road camera microchip just steals the microchip out of it and also this is a this is a note that I have for Charlotte um multiple times in this episode she gets out of her car and just leaves her car door open i know that there are situations where that's like not at the top of your mind but in the beginning of this episode she is just taking her daughter to school and sees this road camera and like screeches on the brakes walks out of the car just leaves her daughter doesn't say anything doesn't communicate any in any way to the daughter that everything's okay or what she's doing at all these events are really like playing with these the the people in this town's ability to make like good reasonable decisions. Uh, She just leaves the car door open with her daughter in there. And that's not tight. But she takes the road camera microchip And then it cuts away, we see Jonas going into the caves, his name is Jonas, Uh, his name is Jonas, and his name is Jonas. We see him going into the caves, we see the hooded man seeing him go into the caves, and we kind of cut back and forth with Jonas. Um, He has that map, he's like looking for answers, he's trying to see everything, he gets lost in the caves later in the episode. But when he's leaving the caves, there is a piece of string on his bike. Oh, man, like there's a what? So the hooded man is like trying to um, communicate with Jonas somehow. Creepy. But at the same time, uh, Magnus, like Francesca's going out into the woods for something. There's like a bunch of weird little storylines in this. There is Magnus and Francesca. Francesca's in class. Magnus comes in like distraught, comes into the wrong class. Francesca leaves. And then Magnus follows her. She goes into the woods. She takes a package out of her, like out of some like buried hiding place. Uh, we later find out that that is money. She's planning to leave the the city because of all of the drama with her her parents um, and like her father's infidelity and everything like that. And then there's like weird connection between Magnus. They're just like emotional teens. There, we, we cut also to the uh, Charlotte and she's investigating all the dead birds because in in 33 years ago there were all those dead birds and then like recently there were all those dead birds also and I'm two episodes in a row that I've been correct so there's no matches yet we're in the bird morgue Charlotte goes to the bird morgue and there's it might also double as like the person morgue but right now there's a lot of birds in there so there's no matches yet for the dead boy that they found in the woods that has like the burnt eyes and the ruptured eardrums, there's no match yet, they've only looked back a few years for missing persons reports, and they're not really seeing anything. So the birds that are flying or that are dying in these episodes are the same as they were 33 years ago, as I said, and there's like there's just, just like a lot of parallels. So they're they're trying to extend the search backwards to see if they can find like a match on the boy. the The town starts to find out about the boy, the the dead boy with burnt eyes that they find. They're getting calls at the police station left and right. Uh, they do extend that search to the last 15 years, and they still. Cannot find a match for the red mud that is found on him um, at the at where his body was found. We do find out later where that red mud comes from. I don't want to really like go into that yet. We'll we'll get there. We see Ulrich. There's no search warrant yet for the power plant. He is super pissed. He's like about to break in. Uh, he breaks in, gets caught by security, and gets his ass kicked. So everyone's freaking out. In the town, like Ulrich is losing it. Charlotte is like at wit's end with him because he's like putting them at risk by breaking all these rules and everything like that. Charlotte starts to check the camera footage from the traffic camera that she sees, and she sees her husband in a car on the night that Mikkel went missing, around the time that Mikkel went missing. So every man except for Ulrich in this town is fucking involved in this disappearance shit. And Ulrich is probably just not involved because of what happened to Mads 33 years ago. He's just not in like the inner sanctum of hooded evil men, so he has to you know, just be tormented by all of this. So we find out her husband is in the car. We like, and her husband is the therapist for Jonas and he is just losing it throughout this whole episode. We find he's got the fucking red dirt in his car. That was a major reveal. I think that he took Mickle at this point. I think he is fully involved. I think that either there is some court sort of like blackmail over him because of what happened 33 years ago or something like that. He is involved super duper involved. Uh, Charlotte bouncing around the town, trying to find an alibi for him for that night. Cannot find it really, really uh, is starting to think that he is involved in this. Some in, in this somehow we keep cutting back also to the old man um, that I still think is that we're going to call him science elder. I think that his name is Walder, but we're going to call him science elder. So I, science elder keeps talking about how the beginning is in the end. This is overcut on Jonas's journey through the caves and how the end is the beginning science elder hears the nurses that he is with talking about the boy's body that was found in the woods and this completely sets him off he later in the episode breaks out again and heads heads into the woods the whole bunch of shit going on so charlotte is supposed to pick up ellie from school because everyone's afraid that their children are going to get kidnapped. People are sending their children away to relatives. Charlotte, the police chief, is supposed to pick up Ellie from school. She is completely infatuated with this right now and is investigating deeper and deeper into her husband's involvement with possibly Mickle's disappearance. She finds the red dirt. It's a match for the red dirt that is outside of their family cabin, which oh, so much going on uh it's from a cabin in the woods that has their name doppler on the outside uh the nurse from the bird morgue calls charlotte and this is what i was right about the birds died due to an electromagnetic field bing bang boom that they probably said that i'm probably not you know plucking that out of uh the matrix or anything like that but the birds died in the same way that the boys did So there's some kind of correlation there. I'm wondering if that's all, I mean, it has to be the exact same thing that happened to those sheep 33 years ago. Charlotte keeps investigating the cabin and not picking up Ellie. So what the hell? Uh, There's a bunker behind the cabin that's from the intro scene. The intro scene is becoming a highly important part of the show, so I gotta pay attention to the Kaleidoscope intro. Charlotte goes down into the bunker for some horrifying reason. Because Charlotte forgets about this because she's investigating this, she calls the therapist who is obviously about to be involved in some shit, and has to pick up his daughter Ellie because Charlotte is too busy investigating. He has a super huge secret that is eating him alive. Um, Charlotte explains the like infidelity thing. Says we had a, a deal a year ago. Is there anything you want to tell me? He basically breaks down and says like I have to go, um, and. He is so late picking up Ellie that Ellie, of course, has to walk home. Ellie also has a boyfriend. She's a little young. She's like nine, but she's got another boyfriend that also communicates with sign language. And it's very cute. But Ellie does not go home with him when offered, does not let his mother give her a ride home, completely just skips out during a rainstorm and starts to walk home. During her walk home, I am basically losing this, losing my mind because you also see Science Elder escape from the extended f- uh, care facility, talking about I have to tell him, I have to stop him, just muttering these same similar phrases that you're hearing him mutter the entire, um, the entire time. And it cuts back to the therapist and Charlotte not knowing where Ellie is. They get home. Um, Charlotte is driving, stops. This time I understand why she didn't close the door, but she finds Ellie's fox hat that she was wearing the whole episode in the woods. That's bad news, right? So I, at this point, am losing my mind, screaming about how Ellie has been taken. I start to think about, are they targeting Ellie because she is hard of hearing? Because maybe she can, like, take the electromagnetic waves a little better and her her eardrums won't rupture? Francesca comes home, finds out about Ellie, everyone's freaking out, and then Ellie comes home. Ellie is fine. Ellie went on a long walk. She says that she meets someone named Noah. Gulp. Noah gives her a stopwatch and says, This used to belong to your mother. Give it to her. So Ellie gives Charlotte this stopwatch that has her name engraved in it. So what? Science elder returns to the woods. He's keeps saying, I have to tell him, I have to tell him the police are looking for Ellie at this point, stop the old man, you know, return him home, everything like that. Uh Then we start to cut to Jonas and Jonas is sleeping, but Jonas is not alone. Jonas has the hooded man who put, I'm guessing the rope on his bike in his room. The hooded man, brings out the map that Jonas has been looking in the caves with and writes on it, gives him a map update. So who knows what that is? Horrifying, obviously. But the hooded man sneaks into the room and gives him a map update. Then Science Elder is back in the nursing facility, keeps saying, I have to stop him, I have to tell him, I have to stop him. And the nurse says, who do you have to stop? And of course, Science Elder says, Noah. (gasps) So Noah, at this point, I think is the hooded man. I think that is what he's going by. Whether that's his real name or not, who knows. But we immediately cut to Yasin walking through the woods. This town is built for horror. Yasin is walking through the woods, talking about how he's a full-on adult, doesn't need his mom, XYZ, and of course, the hooded man shows up. I think... This is the therapist. I think that. I don't think this is Noah. I think. Because Noah has like a big puffy coat on, and I think that he has like a bunch of lackeys that wear the raincoats and bring the, the children to like the bunker for the experiments and shit. I don't think Noah gets his hands dirty and that kind of stuff. Noah's big picture. You know, Noah's got the the yarn and the, the pictures, right? He's got the board of string that I do and he's big picture, right? So I, the hooded man shows up, says, you must be Yasin, Noah, told me or something like that. So Noah, big huge gasp, what is happening? So many questions. The therapist, I think at this point, Noah is the hooded man. He is somehow tied to the nuclear plant and the power plant with old science elder, Ulrich's dad and the therapist, all being tied to some sort of time travel experiment that sent nickel back in time. Oh, there's so much. I'm scraping the inside of my brain trying to figure out what's going on in this show. I hope that th- 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 this episode was confusing. I'm sure that my rambling through this episode was not easy to follow at all, but if you did, send me what you think is going to happen in episode 5. I think we're going to just continue to see horrifying things. I'm very excited to see what episode 5 has in store. There will be a new shutter. Shout out! Check me out on Instagram. Thank you so much. If you like this show, please subscribe, rate, share it with your friends. I'm available on any streaming platform that you can find podcasts on. Thank you so much for listening. Please again follow me on Instagram at Seven Day Boogie. That is the number seven D A Y B O O G I E. Follow me. Like, share, subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. I love you so much. Have a great week. Do your thing. Get the glisten. Thank you for the listen.